Are you a mom looking to unlock your inner superpower and reach your highest potential? Then the Real Life Moms podcast is for you. It's about being more than just a mom. It's about living the life you desire. So click the link in the show notes and get empowered today. Hi, I'm Billy, and this is the Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast. I'm a mom of three lovely girls, and I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for ways to fill the gaps left by the school system and teach my kids the lessons that are going to prepare them for real life. I want to learn practical tips that I can use to raise capable and confident young people who are kind, caring, and authentic, and who bring value to the world. I know it's a lot. But I think as parents, we have the unique role of nurturing the potential of the special human beings entrusted to our care. We can't expect school and the teachers to do everything, and we don't want to let the environment decide who our kids become. It's up to us to coach our children on how to be successful and fulfilled. That's my goal here, to talk to as many parents, educators, experts, you name it, and ask the questions, look for the universal principles, find as many tools as possible to be a better parent, and give my kids a head start in life. If that resonates with you, join me every Wednesday, and let's inspire each other to create an environment where our children can blossom into the best versions of themselves. Hi, Nancy. I'm delighted to have you on the show. You have so many certifications, it's hard to say them all. But I know you're a life coach and a parenting coach as well. You have two children and four grandchildren. You are the author of Bigger, Better, Braver, a self-help book that inspires people to get out of their comfort zone and live a bigger life. And you're here to talk about a topic you're passionate about, how we can help children have a growth mindset instead of a fixed one. Uh, how to encourage them to conquer their fears and try new things without worrying too much about the end result. Let's start the conversation by giving people some background. What started you on the path to living bigger, better, and braver? Well, let's see. I was married for 26 years, and I owned a personal training gym, but basically I was a stay-at-home mom, and that was my joy. I loved being a mom. I loved centering my world around my family. But as they got older, and then as my marriage didn't survive, I moved out of the fitness world and more into the spiritual and life coaching world. And so I went from outer fitness to inner fitness. And one of the many different certifications that I have is parenting. It's called empowered parenting. And it's really all about how to empower the parent to be a good parent. You know, so like when you first have your, your first babies, you're so worried about every single thing you're doing. And am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And what should I be doing differently? And there's so much around that, that I help young parents just learn to trust their judgment, to learn to set healthy boundaries, because being a good parent is all about nurturing and also boundaries and education, you know, all three of those. And you can't ignore any of them. So there's psychological nurturing, there's physical hugging nurturing. And because I'm a life coach, I also see how everybody's childhood wounds play out in their roles in their marriage and in their parenting. So trying to help people change that generational trauma 
that's genetically passed on as well as, you know, situationally passed on is a huge part of what I do with my clients. Amazing. So we don't cause much more trauma in our kids to stop the cycle, right? Yes, we want to stop it. Part of the generational trauma that gets passed down, we're not even aware of, but it's in the genetics of our children, but also can even see like in my children and in all of my clients, you try to parent in part of it is modeling and part of it's in reaction to, you know, my kids thought I was, you know, if you ask them growing up, it was the resume, the resume, the resume, you know, it was like, you have to be in a sport for four years and take a, be in the band for four years and like all of those kinds of things. So they react to that by doing the opposite. You know, they will, they wouldn't push their kids. And so you, you sort of learn that part of it is modeling, part of it is reacting. And when you react, you, you sort of overcompensate, you overcorrect. And so every generation overcorrects too much away from what the generation before did. And so you've got to be careful of that. That's one of the things that parents do have to be careful of. I understand that you don't want to do something like was your parents did to you, but be careful that going so far in the opposite direction is also not an issue. Yeah, I think that we live in times where well-meaning parents often weaken their children by overindulging them and overmanaging their lives too much. Maybe that's part of the overreaction. And in the process of trying to give our kids everything we didn't have, we forget to give them what we did have. So I think that's part of the problem right now with this generation. I agree with you. And I think that helicoptering your children and wanting them to be successful and succeed and not letting them fall and fail hurts your child. So when they grow up never having to experience pain or failure, when it does come, they're not going to know how to handle it. And when you overdo for your children, what you're really doing is teaching them to underdo for themselves. And it's a real handicap. And what you do it for is worse when they're 10 and then when they're 15. And by the time they're 20 or 22, they don't have the same passion. They don't have the same work ethic that you had because you so overdid for them. They didn't have to learn it. Yeah, I agree. So what is a growth mindset and why is it so important for children's development? So there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And the fixed mindset is you only do the things that you know you do well. You know, so like a lot of little kids, they won't even want to try something because they don't think they can do it well. Mm -hmm. And then there are certain things that they do do well, and that's all they want to do. So you want to actually, by taking the pressure off of whether they're successful or not, and helping them to just enjoy trying new things and failing, and that it's okay because you change the conversation. The conversation goes away from how smart you are or what an athlete you are to, wow, you're so brave. I can't believe you tried that and you were afraid to do it and you did it anyway. So you change the whole concept. You start to congratulate them on trying new things, on being brave, on doing something that they were afraid to do and do it, did it anyway. And 
maybe they weren't great at it in the beginning and change the conversation at the dinner table. What did you do today that you were afraid to do anyway? Because this is what I did today. And I was really afraid to do it, but I did it anyway. And maybe I didn't succeed, but I'm so proud of myself for trying. Awesome. So, so we start by modeling the same behavior. Exactly. I have a daughter that's 10 and she's showing some perfectionist qualities. Ten. So uh-huh. she really doesn't like to do things she's not good at. Yes. So I'm wondering where to start. I have clients who are perfectionists and it's a handicap. The good news about being a perfectionist is that there are some things that you do really well, but it also leads to procrastination having a fixed mindset, not wanting to try or finish anything, because if you're not going to be perfect, you don't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, it really, as you get older, it can really handicap you. So it's really good in this moment when she's only 10 years old to try to change the conversation that you're having with her. Let's both try something new today that we don't think we're going to be good at. And let's laugh and have fun and not care about being good at it. Fortunately, I mean, everything comes back on some level to the parenting, but check yourself. Like, where are you a perfectionist? Where do you like your bed has to be perfect or everything has to be good or everything has to be finished, you know, on a timely basis? Like you almost have to go a little the opposite so that she doesn't model the perfectionist tendencies that you have that you may not even be aware of. Oh, I'm aware of them. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that, so if, if she's getting them from you, you have to change what you're doing. So she stops modeling that and also be really cognizant of the conversations you have so that you don't keep telling her how good she is at something or how smart she is, but instead change the conversation. Wow. I'm so, so excited that you tried that. How does it feel to try something new? And I'm not good at something when I first start, but if you keep going, you're going to be good at it. And the juice is in the journey. It's in the fun of it. Yeah. I would like to share two tools I'm currently using with her. And one is called the power of yet. So when she says, I can do something, I add the word yet. So Um, I can remind her that it's a process and she'll learn. And the other thing is that sometimes she's saying a friend of hers at school is better at math than her. And I always remind her that maybe he's just spending more time solving math problems, that he's putting more effort into it. And if she wants to get better, she just needs to put in the work. That's a part of it. Just Mm -hmm. do the work. And, And also everybody's going to be better in something. So instead of looking outside and judging yourself by other people, help her to just see her self-worth as intrinsic. It's not about what she has or what she does. She's worthy just because she's on this earth. And yes, there's going to be people that are better in math and she may be better in spelling or somebody's going to be a better athlete or somebody's going to be, you know, better baseball player and somebody else is going to be a better swimmer. None of those things make you better than somebody. They just make you better in that one thing. What I'm saying is that to help her not judge herself on what she's good at, but more about, are you a good person? Mm-hmm. Are you honest? Do you make a good friend? Are you a good daughter? You know, 
Okay. Those kinds of things. And just remind her that there's always going to be somebody that's better in something. She's going to be good in some things and other people are going to be good in, in other things. And what you want to teach her is that it doesn't make anybody better than. Everyone needs to be the same as. But some people are just better in certain things. It doesn't make them a better human being. It makes them a better golfer. It makes them a better artist. But we all have our things. You know, every time you catch her judging herself or and finding her coming up either above or below because of somebody else, you got to bring it back to the, her own intrinsic worth. I love that. It's about the human being you are. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. What about the children that are naturally more cautious or hesitant? How do we empower them to try new things and get out of their it, comfort zone? It's sort of the same conversation. You really have to encourage every time they step outside their comfort zone. And you have to show them with little tiny steps, success, or start to look for the lessons. Wow, I did this today. Really didn't go well, but I learned a lot in, so next time I bet you I'll do better because I learned what works and what didn't work and how I've got to adjust. You know, most kids don't start out really being courageous. They all mm -hmm. have fears, but you can help build up their courage by complimenting that. You know, kids want to be complimented. So instead of complimenting them on winning a race, complimenting me, boy, I, I know you were afraid to do that. I know you were afraid to jump in the water today, but you did it. I'm so proud of you for doing it. You're still proud of them. You're just changing the conversation. And then when, when they do do something that was hard for them to do, you talk about it. Well, how does it feel to have done it? Try to get them to feel the feeling more than the goal of were they successful? How did it feel to be afraid and push yourself to do it? Aren't you so proud of yourself? And then that's the other conversation. Instead of being proud of them all the time, start to say to them, aren't you proud of yourself? I feel like you should be so pr proud of yourself. I know when I do something I'm afraid to do, I feel so proud of myself. That's changing the conversation. That's that's giving them like more of a reason to want to try something new because mommy's going to be so proud of me when I try something new. My grandkids will call me up and say, Nana, I was bigger, better, braver today. And I'm like, really? What did you do? You know? Yeah, amazing. When it comes to fear and courage, I always think of Will Smith. I know he's a controversial figure right now, but... I think there's a lot to learn from him and his success. And I read his autobiography right after it was released. And mm -hmm. what stuck with me was his determination to consciously attack all things that he's scared of. Mm -hmm. He believes that the most beautiful things in life are placed on the other side of our worst terrors. And if we are not willing to stand in the face of these things, we are not going to experience the best life has to offer. Do you agree with that? 100%. I really do. I think that I say yes to everything that comes my way. And even when the imposter syndrome, you know, oh, you're not good enough, or they must think you're better than you are, or any of that kind of stuff comes into my head, 
I know that the moment I step in, I'm going to become the exact thing that I think I'm not. So I say, yes. Can you build us a course? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can you be a speaker to this? Yes. Can you, can you read your own book? Yes. Like I just kept saying yes. Like when people say to me, so you have so many certifications, where are you going next? And I'm like, I don't know. Whatever comes in my way is going to be where I'm going to go next. Hmm. That's an awesome approach to life. Just saying yes. Yeah. There's a book, Michael Singer. Did you ever read his book, The Untethered Soul? No, but I've heard of it. It's my favorite book. But he has another book called, I think it's called The Yes Project, where for one year, he just said yes. And how it changed the trajectory of his life from all those yeses. And what happened was interesting. Great read, too. I'll take it out. And it's an awesome thing to teach our kids, too, just to... Look for things they fear and do them anyway, because that's courage, right? It's not the absence of fear. It's just being brave in the face of fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. I think that you can't expect your kids not to be afraid, but you can chunk things down and help them see how great it is to do something that they're afraid to do anyway and talk about yourself doing all those things that you're afraid to do. But I'm going to do it. I'm out there. I'm going to do it today. Okay, I'm hopping in for just a minute to tell you about the free resource I recently created. It's called the Connection Blueprint, and it consists of five tools that will help you improve the relationship with your child and create an environment where your kid feels seen, heard, and loved. After all, all the lessons we want to teach our kids require us to first have a trusting relationship with them so that they're ready to hear our advice and lean on our support. Anytime I feel disconnected and out of sync with my own children, I get back to this blueprint, put the tools to practice, and it works wonders. I'm sure having a loving and trusting relationship with your kids is a top priority for you too. So check the show notes and get your copy of the Connection Blueprint. I really like the parenting tips you share on your Instagram page. One of them being to take a moment in the midst of all the craziness mm-hmm. when the house is buzzing, kids are running, laughing, and grab a mental snapshot of the scene. Just capture the magic because time goes so quickly. And these are the moments you want to remember. I love yeah, that. That's a good tool. And it's also a good tool for when you're not even sure you're being a good parent and am I doing a good job and all of that noise in your brain. And then all of a sudden your kids are doing something or they're playing together or you're cooking together and you just kind of go like this and you catch that moment. And then that moment is is caught because otherwise it's gone. It, it's really, it's the exercise of stopping and pausing and being mindful in the moment and clicking that picture and then that becomes part of your memory bank instead of everything just getting lost in there yeah and just reminds us how blessed we are to have these small kids around because we're going to miss them yeah these moments later in life it it goes fast or that kind of parent when you were raising your kids is there something you think you could have done better all you have to do is ask my kids but I think that I was 
a motivated mom. I was a caring mom, but I overdid for them. You know, I, I, always, I tell a story that when my older son went to high school for the first day, he called me because he forgot something. And I only lived like eight or nine minutes from the school. So I brought it. And I basically brought stuff to my kids for four years and four years because on day one, I didn't say, no, tomorrow, remember your stuff, Mm. you know? So it's that kind of stuff. I overdid for them. Uh, I didn't have the same tools I have now. And my kids turned out really great and I love them and I'm proud of them and we have a great relationship. But it's also interesting for me to watch my children parent differently with their children. So, you know, would I let them watch as much TV as I did when I, you know, those kinds of things we just weren't aware of. I didn't eat as healthy and organically. I had my kids always eating like snack wells and diet things because they were heavy. And, you know, I put emphasis on the wrong things. So watch my kids, their kids are eating healthier and more balanced and they don't make some of the same issues that I made. And they're going to make, but they're making different. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course, which is their, which is what parents do. You know, I mean, we all make mistakes. So I don't judge it. I I think everybody's on their own journey and you have to let everyone have their own journey. So if they fall, they're supposed to fall in that moment. Don't keep saving them. Let them, let them learn, let them fall, let them try new things, let them cry, let them get hurt. Everything is going to help them in the long run. I agree with that. So if you could address moms worldwide, what is one parenting advice that you would give to them? Do your own work. Do your work around your own disempowering beliefs and your own traumas from your childhood. Because if you think you're not passing them on, you're wrong. That's one thing. And then the other thing is you can't, emotionally feed off of your children like you are the parent and your children are supposed to feed off of you emotionally so if you're not in a good relationship with your partner and you turn to your children to get all of your love and all of their unconditional love you're going to be enmeshing with them and they're going to end up becoming love avoidant as adults so you've got to do your own work and you Yes, make your children important, but don't let them think they're the best thing that ever happened. And like they're your whole life and you have to let them be in their place. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really explaining this as well as I want to, but don't make them a hero. Make them same as, keep them more real and don't feed off of them. Don't get all of your love from your children. It, it doesn't work for them. So if you're it's not too much a of a burden for them, yeah, it's a burden. It, it's um, overtly empowering, but it's covertly shaming because if they've got that hero power, they're not going to want to do anything to lose it. It's just not a healthy way to go. And so it all comes back to do your own work and yeah. heal your own wounds. Wow. I love it. Awesome advice. And even if you don't think you have a, childhood trauma you probably do right we all do we all have unworthy we all have disempowering beliefs about not being good enough and being unworthy but I mean I'm I'm talking more about clients that I work with 
marriage and relationship that are staying in their very unhappy marriage. And I can see that neither one of them is that is really in love with each other and all of their love and attention goes to that child. And that's too big a burden for that child. Yeah. And the best gift we can give to our kids is uh, having a great relationship with their mother or father. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to talk about today that we didn't touch upon? Yeah. The only other thing is that before you have children, we all have this fairy tale image of what our marriage and what raising our children is going to look like. You have to lose the fairy tale. And you have to just recognize that you're doing the best you can, but also that there isn't a perfect picture. You know, don't fight reality. I, I just heard this today in yoga class, that every time you fight reality, you're going to lose 100% of the time. Accept and surrender to what it is, what your kids are, what you are. Do better. They can do better. But don't hold out for this fairy tale you know, leave it to beaver kind of family. It just doesn't exist and it's going to hurt you in the end. Thank you, Nancy, for your tips and strategies. They were so helpful. And I'm sure my listeners would love to hear more from you. What is the best way to connect with you? On nancypicardlifecoach.com is my website. And you can sign up for a free call with me to see whether life coaching would be good for you. You can follow me. I'm doing reels all the time now. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Nancy Picard Life Coach. And all my podcasts go up on my website. So you can see them all there too. And uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and letting me be a part of your day. If you enjoyed this episode or the show in general, please share it with a friend and help me reach more moms around the world. Also, if you find some value in this podcast and would like to help support it, please visit my coffee page. The link is in the show notes. Any contribution is much appreciated. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you get notified when a new episode drops. I'll see you next week.